Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 13, The Hound's Grandfather Part 1 Mother did not get back to her writing all that day, for the red-jerseyed hound whom the children had brought to the three chimneys had to be put to bed, and then the doctor came and hurt him most horribly. Mother was with him through it all, and that made it a little better than it would have been, but bad was the best, as Mrs. Viney said. The children sat in the parlor downstairs and heard the sound of the doctor's boots going backwards and forwards over the bedroom floor and once or twice there was a groan. "'It's horrible,' said Bobby. "'Oh, I wish Dr. Forrest would make haste. Oh, poor Jim!' "'It is horrible,' said Peter. "'But it's very exciting. I wish doctors weren't so stuck up about who they'll have in the room when they're doing things. I should most awfully like to see a leg set. I believe the bones crunch like anything.' "'Don't!' said the two girls at once. "'Rubbish,' said Peter. "'How are you going to be Red Cross nurses, like you were talking of coming home?' if you can't even stand hearing me say about bones crunching. You'd have to hear them crunch on the field of battle and be steeped in gore up to the elbows as likely as not, and stop it, cried Bobby with a white face. You don't know how funny you're making me feel. Me too, said Phyllis, whose face was pink. Cowards, said Peter. I'm not, said Bobby. I helped Mother with your rake-wounded foot, and so did Phil. You know we did. Well then, said Peter, now look here. It will be a jolly good thing for you if I were to talk to you every day for half an hour about broken bones and people's insides, so as to get you used to it. A chair was moved above. Listen, said Peter, that's the bone crunching. Do wish you wouldn't, said Phyllis. Bobby doesn't like it. I'll tell you what they do, said Peter. I can't think what made him so hard. Perhaps it was because he had been so very nice and kind all the earlier part of the day, and now he had to have a change. This is called reaction. One notices it now and then in oneself. Sometimes when one has been extra good for a longer time than usual, one is suddenly attacked by a violent fit of not being good at all. I'll tell you what they do, said Peter. They strap the broken man down so they can't resist or interfere with their doctorish designs, and then someone holds his head, and someone holds his leg, the broken one, and pulls it till the bones fit in, with a crunch, mind you. Then they strap it up and let's play at bone setting. Oh, no, said Phyllis. But Bobby said suddenly, All right, let's. I'll be the doctor, and Phil can be the nurse. You can be the broken boner. We can get at your legs more easily because you don't wear petticoats. I'll get the splints and bandages, said Peter. You get the couch of suffering ready. The ropes that had tied out the boxes that had come from home were all in a wooden packing case in the cellar. When Peter brought in a trailing tangle of them and two boards for splints, Phyllis was excited the giggling. Now then, he said, and lay down on the settle, groaning most grievously. Not so loud, said Bobby, beginning to wind the rope round him in the settle. You pull, Phil. Not so tight, moaned Peter. You'll break my other leg. Bobby worked on in silence, winding more and more rope around him. That's enough, said Peter. I can't move at all. Oh, my poor leg, he groaned again. Sure you can't move? asked Bobby in a rather strange tone. Quite sure, replied Peter. Shall we play it's bleeding freely or not? he asked cheerfully. 
You can play what you like, said Bobby sternly, folding her arms and looking down at him where he lay all wound round and round with cord. Phil and I are going away, and we shan't untie you till you promise never, never to talk to us about blood and wounds unless we say you may. Come, Phil. You beast, said Peter, writhing. I'll never promise, never. I'll yell and mother will come. Do, said Bobby, and tell her why we tied you up. Come on, Phil. No, I'm not a beast, Peter, but you wouldn't stop when we asked you, and— Yeah, said Peter. It wasn't even your own idea. You got it out of stocky. Bobby and Phil, retiring in silent dignity, were met at the door by the doctor. He came in rubbing his hands and looking pleased with himself. Well, he said, that job's done. It's a nice clean fracture and it'll go all right. I've no doubt. Plucky young chap, too. Hello, what's all this? His eye had fallen on Peter, who lay mousy still in his bonds on the settle. Playing at prisoners, eh? he said. But his eyebrows had gone up a little. Somehow he had not thought that Bobby would be playing while in the room above. Someone was having a broken bone set. Oh, no, said Bobby. Not at prisoners. We were playing at setting bones. Peter's the broken boner, and I was the doctor. The doctor frowned. Then I must say, he said, and he said it rather sternly, that it's a very heartless game. Haven't you? Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.